0: Welcome everybody. This is a very very special bonus episode. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hello Tim. Hi Simon. How, How are you doing? doing today? I'm I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am I'm not too bad. Good. Well, dear audience, dear listeners, dear hearers, dear earbud friends. As you may have guessed by looking at the title of this, this is another one of those special bonus episodes where Ooh. one of us interviews the other specifically I, Simon, am interviewing Tim Blay. I'm shaking in my boots. Shaking in your boots. Are you wearing boots? No. No, you don't really wear footwear. It is a, I'm wearing socks. I'm shaking in my socks. I'd I'm shaking my socks. Shaking in your socks. Uh, yep. Now, dear listeners, if you're listening to this and enjoying this, remember that you can also enjoy it two weeks earlier if you donated to us through Patreon. If you are donating to us through Patreon and you're listening to this two weeks early, Good job!
1: Yeah, you could hear it even earlier by being me,
0: or being in the room, which I'm sh- I'm sure there's a Patreon thing will where you get
1: to like come and watch us record, probably,
0: or possibly even join us in the recording. Huh, if there isn't, we should make it. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. We'll see if there's any demand for that. Well, dear patrons, you will you'll get if you ever see us if we ever see you, you'll get a good old pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> we guarantee that to all of our patrons. Here uh-huh. at up for discussion podcast, so Tim, yeah, nice. how are you doing
1: i'm I'm doing okay. um, I got up about twenty minutes ago, nice, and uh, here I am being yeah. interviewed by you. I've tried not to prepare for this.
0: It is currently eight twenty, yep, and you woke up twenty minutes ago,
1: yeah, well, Tom said you were
0: arriving at eight, so I figured yeah. you know I should be up for eight at eight, yeah, <laughs> I arrived a little later because of work, um, yeah. Yeah, so, Tim. Yes. Tell me. Yes. Tell me about tell me about the early Tim days. Where where are you from? And what were you like as a small boy? As a small child. Mm-hmm. Um so, okay, so we're really doing life here, right? Eh? Yeah, you know, we're we're <coughs> so going to we, see where it goes, see where the wind blows. All right. Go with the flow of the wind. Well, I grew up in Hudson, Quebec, um which is about
1: an hour west of Montreal. Small little English town, some, sometimes named the prettiest town in Canada by such and such magazines and things. Sure, it's a very idyllic looking place, full of little, you know, little town. It's a quiet village, um, nice, and uh, it's 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 very nice to grow up in. Like I I grew up in this little um, this little place called tree farm it was this little development mm. that was literally a tree farm.
0: A tree farm. What kind of trees were farmed? Beech trees. I like beech trees. Yeah
1: they they're like they're they're really cool. They're like giant yeah. elephant legs. Yeah. And specifically these ones for like because there were so many trees they grew super super high and people kept like cutting off the bottom branches but leaving the top ones to mm. keep growing. So they kept just like fighting for the light. So we had these like eighty foot trees in our backyard. <laughs> That's um, really impressive. And then there's like forests everywhere in Hudson, right? So yeah. a lot of my childhood was spent tromping around in forests, like take a lunch and go out and come back later. Um, yeah. So mm. I, I, yeah, sort of grew up there. I was, my mom's a teacher by trade. My dad is a, a many things. He he was almost a Jesuit priest. Um, oh, wow. Yeah
0: that w- that means that had he been that there would not have been a U. Yeah,
1: he spent 5 years as a missionary in Brazil. Oh. <clears throat> um and then eventually he had to come back due to like political unrest and stuff. Yeah. And they kind of had to flee the country. Um and then he worked also uh th- like the missionaries. The missionaries, okay. Um but yeah, in the end I'm glad he decided to not be a priest. It was a it was a good thing for me um, to exist.
0: It was um, a it was a no okay thing for us. Yeah,
1: like I <laughs> I figure that probably who knows, right? Maybe you would have everything you want if I didn't exist, but... Maybe. I I, don't, I can't say that. I, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have this podcast. That's probably true. Yeah. But who knows? Who Fate knows. conspires. Maybe this podcast is like a fixed point in time. Like, whatever happens to the rest of us, Yeah. whoever's hosting this podcast, this one must happen.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Anyways,
1: one of the upshots of my mom being a teacher is that we all... Like, all three of us, me and my two older siblings who have both been on this podcast... So, that's true. Like, dedicated listeners have heard them before. Um, we ended up homeschooled for a long time. Well, specifically, my two siblings were uh, were in school for until grades 2 and 4, respectively, at which year they both had horrendous teachers. Oh. And, uh, and my mother said, that's dumb. I'm a teacher. I can do this <laughs> better. So they were homeschooled, and then I, being a scrappy little kindergartner, I was like, I'm not going to school. Screw that. So... Actually, I did go to school for kindergarten and uh, hmm. didn't had an okay time with it. The, yeah. the, school, the class part was okay. The older kids were mean, and sometimes I hid behind rocks to eat my lunch. And I was like, wow. "Nah." In on <laughs> on balance, I think I'd rather be home. So, yeah, that's yeah. fair.
0: That's fair. Do you, how, Do you find that that's like influenced you in the long run? The homeschooling this thing to this day, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there are there are things
1: that homeschooling is not for everybody it really depends on like the type of person you are and especially the type of relationship you have with your parent especially when you're younger (laughs) like i we like when we did this we sort of found this community of homeschoolers and then you know there's kind of this with with a lot of subcultures right there's this kind of evangelistic flair to it where it's like oh this is the best thing ever you Mm -hmm. need to try this you need to try this and then when you get other people to try this you realize sometimes it really doesn't work for them because like you know the kid does a lot better in a school structure or the kid hates their parent and that's mm-hmm. a bad sort of situation to be stuck like when you're living at home and then you're schooling at home you can get on each other's nerves pretty fast yeah uh, but for me i think it did it did two things one one really good and one recovery worthy i guess the good thing is that i became a very good self-learner mm-hmm. because most of our of what we did was not like Here we're gonna, you know, you're gonna sit in a one-person class and be taught on a blackboard. It was like, go find a book and read it and (laughs) absorb the information and then write about that information. That is potentially
0: very, very dangerous. Well,
1: there was a little bit of like specificity involved. Okay,
0: it wasn't just like find a book, any book. Yeah, yeah, here's Atlas Shrugged. What's this about? (laughs) Ooh, the rise (laughs) and fall
1: of the Third Reich. No, (laughs) no, it was like it was a little bit. like, you know, we had sort of curriculums where we decided, like, okay, we're going to study this for a couple of weeks. Um, but then it was just like, go see what you can find. And this was before the internet, so it was all, like, through the library and stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, it, you can go at your own pace as a homeschooler. So me being a bright kid, like, I ended up way ahead of, like, the, you know, the school curriculum, which right. I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So when I eventually went to school in grade 10, I was, like, I was a year ahead of everybody else. Right. Um. The disadvantage, of course, is that especially if you're a kid who enjoys being by themselves, homeschooling amplifies that, and so yeah. so you end up like as a kid. I think I I had like two or three friends, and if i had seen a friend in the past two weeks, it was like eh, I can wait, I can wait a little while. I've right. I've, I've had my like friend <laughs> encounter for this month, right? Um, right. So. You know, you never have to experience, like, dealing with a crowd or, like, a whole bunch of people, like, talking at the same time and how to interact with that. Mm. So when you go back to school, it's really overwhelming, especially if you're sort of a, you know, <clears throat> little Christian homeschooled kid and you go back into this, like, raucous cafeteria environment, yeah. F-word every two seconds and everybody's talking over and each other. so and many people. So many p- – and everybody knows each other, yeah. right? And you've never, like, had to really figure out how to insert yourself mm. into a social it's situation. It's so hard, right, to, like yeah. –
0: like come into a new like social environment where everybody knows each other and everybody's already already has these bonds that have been created, yeah, it's really, really hard to do that
1: yeah and and you sort of like there's a default assumption in a lot in social settings that you can like if you have one connection, even you can from there figure out how to make more, and that's also not so so I mm. knew like the only group of people I knew for a while was because I knew one guy who was on my soccer team. Um, right. Before I went to school, but then I didn't really understand how to like introduce myself to anybody else, right? So I kind of just like sat at their table, but like in the corner and didn't talk to anybody, which is like you know potentially even more alone. Sure. So I did a lot yeah. of weird activities in high school. Like I would like read up, and I would just like read Alice in Wonderland in the library, or I would like walk around school and try to see how much change I could find in the corners. <laughs> <laughs>
0: how much did you find? Do you remember
1: your top? I think at one point some like obnoxious kids realized what I was doing and they started throwing quarters at me. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of threw off the count. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can see how. But
0: I mean, it kind of accomplished. It helped you accomplish your goal. Oh,
1: yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, they were making fun of me and I was like, oh, money. You still have those quarters. I, I have them in my soul. They have made me who I am.
0: Yeah. 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 Speaking of who you are. Uh-huh. Uh, in in what ways do you find that you are similar and different to when you were a a, a young and
1: uh, well you i don't know it's sort of a continuous development process yeah. right so i think i don't know i think what happens when you get older is that you start off at an extreme like whatever <laughs> your nature is and whatever your like you, the particularities of your family are mm-hmm. that's really all you know especially if you're a homeschooled kid so you end up like a lot of homeschooled kids end up really extremely whatever their family is. Right. Um so in my case, my family is very like very intellectual and very musical and very anti-establishment okay. and like pretty like well, my my mom's very social, but overall we're we're pretty self-sufficient like we don't really yeah. you know, we don't really have to have like a ton of social events and parties and mm-hmm. stuff. Um so I think like for a long time, I thought I was a very introverted person. Right. Um. But I think that more than being extremely introverted, like that, even though that is sort of more my natural state, that's just how I developed. And that was what I became comfortable right. with. Right. So I think coming out of that, like when you, when you get into the wider world, you know, you realize that there's a whole bunch of different ways that people are and that mm-hmm. people interact and that, that things happen. So like, One thing was that I went through this sort of period in high school where I just hated people. Like, I Mm. didn't like people. I had these two friends, and we would, like, walk around the hallways and mock everybody else. Right. Out loud, like, to their faces? Like, kind of to ourselves. Um, Right. And, like...
0: Like, look at that guy. What an idiot.
1: Yeah, and, like, one of those friends was, like, mildly racist, but, like, nobody, like, really had any concept of that because there's, like... There was literally like mm-hmm. one black person in our school and they were like two grades below us. Right. So like like you're very isolated in this yeah. little, you know, Quebec town. Yeah. Um so <clears throat> yeah, I I think it was like it was going to Sejep and then actually um when I met all of like your group of friends yeah. like downtown, all of a sudden there was this whole other group that I you knew. You were not like
0: you were you must have been in university. I was point. in Sejep. second second
1: year Sejep. Um but that was c- kind of the first time that i latched onto a group of people that like i understood i was like right. oh people people are a
0: thing people i mean a are lot cool. of them were also homeschooled yeah i wonder, I wonder if that helps do you, do you think that may have
1: been part of it it bridged it i think but it was also the context that we met right because right like we we all met at this like christian summer camp and summer camps are a weird thing because when you go to a summer camp you're like completely outside of every context you've ever been in and it's almost like moving into a new place, right? You have the, uh, this opportunity to reinvent yourself. Yeah. And everybody is like loud and boisterous and being like the most ridiculous versions of themselves. So you meet in that context and all of a sudden like you're free to do that with those mm-hmm. people, right? You're free to like jump over them and sing weird songs <laughs> and like, you know, just, just like joke and do all this stuff that you couldn't figure out how to do before because you were trapped in all of the context of your previous self. Yeah. So I can I see that, yeah, yeah. That really I freeing.
0: I worked at a as a camp counselor for two two summers at a oh, summer yeah? camp, and uh, I I developed a theory about the human mind, okay, that I call the camper effect. All right, and I it's it's kind of related to, um, like what what it is that you mentioned, which is that when you're in camp at camp, you're sort of removed from your context, mm-hmm. um, and I think that when that happens, and then you're you're to a lesser or Um, greater degree and then when you're placed with someone who appears to be a figure of authority a lot of your sense of initiative disappears interesting so like i think that that's what leads to questions that i've had like you know i we'd be having breakfast or whatever at the table and then a kid would take the the uh the peanut butter take the the lid off look at it look at me and go where do i put the lid and go on the table (laughs) <laughs> and he go okay, and then put it on the table, and then spread the peanut butter, and then go do up with the lid back. Right. Everything's yeah. Very, yeah everything's yeah, very
1: tightly controlled and and like yeah. rule based as well in those
2: contexts. But,
0: but like, but like, but in in a certain sense. But I, I I've also noticed that when I worked as a as customer support for a website company, mm-hmm. um, where a lot of things that um, like you, you, I I would talk to some people who like manage some pretty complicated like big machinery stuff and so they're clearly very smart right um and i would tell them like oh you know so i would be helping them out with their email and i said okay so if you open up your settings and they go oh which one is that and it goes the button with the gear that says settings and go okay i click on it now what so well you you click on this thing and then you go there and then yeah and then you log in and they go oh okay what do i do you put in your username and your password i think that's that might that
1: might just be like a function of being with like considering yourself within a larger rule structure that you don't understand right like anytime mm-hmm. anytime you th- you suspect there might be rules you don't know then you're very cautious you're like oh, yeah what's the next thing i have to do possibly i don't know yeah i mean
0: anyway. that sounds like just another way of you know yeah. <laughs> saying the same thing phrasing yeah i i call it the camper effect, huh. and i i shared it with a, a couple of the people that i was working with back at uh, the camp and they like as soon as I said it, they started noticing it everywhere. Interesting. With like, I, people of all ages, too, like six-year-olds and 17-year-olds. Hmm. Cool. And everywhere in between. The camper effect. That's oh. what I call it. Get it now on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you are known, Tim Bley, for yes. two things. Only You're, two? Ma- majorly for two things. Okay. Three things. Your amazing looks. Well, I mean,
1: this is an audio podcast, so you can get the people to believe that. Yeah, uh,
0: I didn't say they were good looks; I just said they were amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, your science and your music. Mm-hmm. So you and you mentioned earlier that your uh, your your family is very musical. Yes. So in how was your family musical, and how like when did you realize that that was a mo- something you wanted to pursue?
1: It's that's another thing that like I didn't realize how abnormal we were until way later, I think. Okay. Um, Because, well, the the music in my family comes very much from from both sides of my family. Like my dad, when he was 11, I think, had the choice, he was given a choice between a new bike or piano lessons. And he chose (laughs) piano (laughs) lessons and played piano ever since. So, Did did he already have a functioning bike? I don't think so. But but it was a big deal. He he was a pretty, you know, he was an active kid. Um, But... So we, I grew up, like, with a piano in the house, and my dad, like, does this thing where he sits down at the piano and he just plays. Like, he's not mm-hmm. playing a thing. He's just playing. And okay. so he can just keep playing for Hours. as long as he wants. Um, and it's, like, it has kind of, like, once you've heard it for a couple of years, you, you realize that there's a structure to it. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, you, so we grew up with, with that, that music. My mom started this choir at, my, at our church when, when I was three years old. So I, you know, I started singing in the choir, and I had this
0: at three years old. Yeah,
1: at three years cool. old, um, before I could read, right? <laughs> so the, like all the kids had had these books that they would like read the words out of, and I couldn't read, so I would just like either, either memorize it or kind <laughs> of like sing it phonetically if it was words yeah. I don't understand. So like especially Christmas carols, you get some weird ideas about like you
0: oh know, how a rose air blooming.
1: Yeah, like Gloria in excelsis Deo. Like That's I thought a I example. thought a Deo was like a glowing box and like there was this there was this blue this like this sort of blue orb that was a gloria that you would put inside the deo and there was some angel named chelsea that was sort of my my interpretation of that song huh um, yeah my sister had a whole different one but she also thought that i think she she thought there was someone named chelsea who had a deo <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you you know you you just you learn it anyways so yeah. and then like i there was in the choir. There were two seconds. There was the melody and the harmony. Mm. It's not like you have alter, alto, bass, tenor, whatever. You still have melody and harmony. And so I started listening to the harmonies, and then I would realize there are other harmonies than the harmonies they're doing. And so I would like go off on my own thing huh. and be like, oh, how,
0: "How did you realize that?" I don't know. It's just like there's this note would also work. Like, like it's, okay. it's different. You if, were so you were kind of tinkering musically.
1: Yeah, kind of. And I also like. So my my sis, my brother and sister both started taking piano lessons from my dad yeah um and I think the first song I ever played on the piano was Turkey and Straw um and it was it was a piece that my sister was learning and I had heard her practice it all day and so I just went and like crawled up on the piano and I was like three years old and I yeah. started like messing around until I figured out how to play it <laughs> um, so that was like
0: how, how does it go can you uh, um.
1: <laughs>
2: it's
1: turkey in the straw Is that's the whole thing yeah nice so that's turkey in the straw um yeah so i i mean it's just kind of like music has been all around me all the time like my we used to do like our family used to learn cannons or rounds or whatever you sure. call them right i've
0: always called them cannons
1: where we would just, like, my mom would start and then someone else would come in and someone else would come in and we just, like, sing this thing with, like, all these different harmonies going back and forth. And, like, those are a tough musical thing to get, right? You have to hear what the other person is doing and stay on key with them but not get confused with either their part or the second person's part and, like, be singing your own thing. Mm. Um, So I don't know. It's just, like, it's weird to me to even try to explain music because it, like, it sort of... It was put into me the way language is put into people, right? You just you're just around it. You're just and then exposed you, to it, yeah. And then you learn it. So when people don't have that sense of like, okay, here are just all the notes in a chord, or like, you know, here are the different possibilities you could do for like a chord structure around a melody and stuff like that. I don't know how to explain to them, yeah, what it would be. Like I don't, I, I know there is a theory, and I know you can learn the theory, and I think sometimes it would be very useful, but for me it's just like. From with that as a starting point, I kept listening to music and being like, "Oh, that's something I haven't heard before," and then figure out what it was mm. and put it in sort yeah. of my mental repertoire. So yeah,
0: because I'm I'm finding myself in a in a place where I don't know a lot about music at all, mm. but I want to know. I want to yeah. learn about it, um, and so I am starting to learn it. Like I'm taking guitar lessons, and mm. uh, the friend of mine who's teaching me the guitar lessons, right? Well, our friend, our mutual friend, who's yeah, teaching me the Jake guitar Means, lessons. right? Yeah. He is
1: also teaching me just music. That's that's a man who puts my <laughs> sort of puts me to shame, I think. Because he's got like he's got that like hyper innate musical sense, but sure. he also has all like the theory and the like practice hours to back it up. Yeah. So, yeah. I I can like it's really mm-hmm. fun talking to him because I can he'll show me things. And I'm like, Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> like, I've heard that. I understand what yeah. you mean when you say like this is a really you know, a really interesting sounding chord change, but I never knew what it was. So thank mm. you, Mr. J. Queens. Cool.
0: Yeah. And so I'm I'm uh you know, he'll he'll kinda go off on on a on a tangent a little bit, or he'll kinda describe um you know, like we, we were just talking about chords and what how chords are built. Yeah um and what they look like on the piano and things like that and like this is all new to me right whereas like for 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 you this is something that's very innate
1: yeah well i mean i mean it's i would say it's it's kind of a a bootstrapping process like Mm -hmm. where it pulls itself up from itself like when you when you i think it took me for till about the age of 12 to realize that there were chords other than majors and minors and sevenths um, and yeah. then like, so, so it's, it's funny thing cause I, when I f- started playing the guitar, I would also just like listen to a song and then I would like figure out what chords it was, mm-hmm. but I would interpret all those chords with the, like the structures that I had in my head. So like if something was a weird chord, I'd just find sort of the closest chord that I knew and I'd be like, that's wrong, but I don't understand how it's wrong. Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it does, it does develop over time. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm sure. As you sort of you know, figure out new things, mm-hmm.
0: it's kind of like um, it's kind of like teaching a language to to someone else. So like I've that you've been fluid, fluent fluent and that the other person isn't. Like I've been trying to teach my partner uh, French, and mm-hmm. I'm not very good at teaching it to her. I'm yeah, not it's very, hard. I'm not it's very good at it at all.
1: When when you when it's intuitive to you, trying to explain it to somebody else is a very yeah. strange idea. Yeah, yeah. like
0: like when in for example in French, when to use du. Mm. I I don't really know. It's whenever it's, it's a contraction of de le Some, sometimes. Isn't it? Sometimes mostly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it's probably colloquially yeah. it's a lot weirder than that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I mean science started very early too for yeah. me. It was Bill Nye the Tell Science it. Guy. Was the mm. there was this kid in my preschool which my mom also taught, um, who was really obsessed with Bill Nye the Science Guy <laughs> when I was three, and I was like, "What's that?" And he was like, "It's it's a great show. You should watch it." Um, And then I spent the next, like, eight years watching Bill Nye the Science Guy as, like... Because PBS just had an episode on every day. Right. um, And we were allowed one half hour of television per day. Mm -hmm. And it could be anything except The Simpsons. (laughs) 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 I'm not sure why. There are much worse things on TV than The Simpsons. I think that was... The intersection of the things my mom knew about and the <laughs> things my mom objected with, um, which was, I guess, a small category, but so we—it was The Simpsons. Yeah, it yeah. was that. That was it. That was the only thing. Um, so we, yeah. So I ended up watching Bill Nye the Science Guy a lot, and then we had these. Uh, we had these, ama- these amazing books. They were by a group called Klutz. and I'm not mm. sure. If they exist anymore, if you've ever seen a klutz book, they were these I
0: used to love klutz books.
1: Yeah, they were like these spiral bound books. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, they were really well... They're kind of
0: odd shaped sometimes. Yeah.
1: And they would do them about all sorts of like weird, cool stuff for kids. But they had this, they had a few that were like science based and they, they were like full of like experiments and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they'd come with like a magnet and like a bag of rice and like a whole like weird like... Did you say a
0: bag of rice or a bag of ricin? Rice. No a bag of ricin. <laughs> that
1: no, that wouldn't go well. That would be bad. Like the so the one of them had this like sodium acetate pack, mm-hmm. which this is like hot ice. If you've ever seen that, no, I've never. Where it's like it's liquid, but it's it's like a it's it can be liquid at room temperature mm-hmm. if you like boil it first and then let it slowly cool. Mm-hmm. But it really it's a salt and it wants to be solid. So if you like hit it on something, all of a sudden it'll turn into a crystal. And, huh. it'll, and it'll become, like, incredibly hot because it's a really, like, intense reaction. Mm-hmm. So it's a you know, it's a fun thing. I've to, never
0: heard of that. That's super cool.
1: Yeah, it's called sodium acetate. Mm. Um, so just, like, all sorts of weird little experiments. And, like, these books would go into real, like, they'd go right up to, like, the edge of knowledge, right? Like, they huh. they'd, like, explain. Like, there was one that, like, tried to explain quantum mechanics kind of. What for? Like, but <laughs> at least like the the whole thing about like is light a wave? Is light a particle? Like, huh. like no one really knows. Do You want to know more? You've come up against like really one of the fundamental mysteries of the world. Hmm. Good, good, for you, eight year old. And nice. so, so that's I mean, that's cool. Right? That is cool to to have that to have like mysteries put into you at young a young age where yeah. it's not just. Science isn't just like oh look we made a like a volcano out of like baking soda yeah or like here's facts about trees it's like no there are things that nobody knows mm. and you might be the person to like figure out those things that
0: that's a really good way to 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 go about it
1: yeah I think yeah, yeah so yeah. I I had questions about like about those types of things like all through high school. And I would like yeah. ask my high school teachers and they'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if the, if they don't know, I guess I'd better keep going. Yeah. Huh. And then you keep going until you realize that you, until you really get to the questions that actually nobody knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what's gravity really? What is gravity? It's, I, I don't know. I don't really know. doesn't it, make sense. Hmm. It just is yeah I mean it, I can i mm. that's the thing you can say things about gravity you can say like oh, it's the bending of space time or it's this it's a thing it's a yeah it's a quality that objects with mass have where they where they curve space time and make it make other objects follow weird curved paths through it but when you say why do they do that <laughs> <laughs> don't, I don't I don't know that
0: it, it does it's just how they work
1: that's cool yeah good.
0: I have uh, learned something new today. Yeah. So it it sounds like a lot of your your um, exposures to to science have been through like educational means. Yeah. Right. It wasn't just that. Uh. You know, for like like my exposure to science probably has been through my parents first. Oh, really? Who, yeah. Cause Cause scientists, you've scientists? Professor parents. Yeah, and are scientists and do stuff and would like every once in a while like tell me sort of what they do, and kind of tried to explain it to me. Mm. But then it, then I'd, I'd go to school, and then people would teach me science. But you, like, your first uh, real encounters with it were through, like, programs or, uh, like, a medium that was meant to – explain it to you yeah meant to right? kind
1: of explain it to you and show you the depth of it without getting you bogged down in the, yeah. in the details right? and
0: it, it seems like that's kind of what you're doing now well
2: uh,
1: yes that's <laughs> in a in a sense <laughs> that's kind of a, among you know, other things it's one of my motivations or at least the way that i'm like that i think it's best to communicate science to people who don't understand it and i'm still trying to figure out how to do that properly but mm. yeah that's what, really what i want is to really keep the mysteries open yeah and like present, yeah, present it with with an idea of how deep it is, and I think sometimes I go too far with that because, mm-hmm. like you know, now that I know a whole bunch, I also see a million opportunities to make clever little puns that only grad students will understand. Right. Like and what? Like back in the day, I was super into that, and now I've sort of had to reel it in. Like the entirety of Bohemian Gravity is right. pun, is puns for grad students. Okay, it's like
0: yeah, that one was very i was actually about to ask you that like where where do you think the line is between um sort of overly like uh, dumbing down and accessible yeah and you like i maybe, maybe that's not the best way to explain well, it. well i'm like, still
1: trying to find it like it's yeah it, everyone that's why i really appreciate like the feedback from people on the youtube videos right because mm-hmm. i i'm not sure yeah i'm not i'm i would like it to not be a line so much as like Have a whole spectrum within it, Mm. right? What 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 I really want is that it has, like you know how how like a Disney movie or like a a Pixar movie or something, you watch them as a two year old and you get something out of them, yeah. Then you watch them as a ten year old and you get something else, but you watch them as an adult and you you also get like there's yeah 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 there's these different levels within it that you'll pick up on, yeah. And it makes it so that like you can come back and re experience it in a whole different way. That's what I would like to do, right? I would like to have the basics there but then hidden within it if you're if you're looking mm-hmm. you can you know see the glimpses of of the stuff that you're like ah I, I see what you did. Cool. Um, That's really cool. I don't know if I've succeeded at that yet. I think that I'm still trying yeah. to figure it out because like this project is every project is like a very it's it's a very constrained puzzle. Mm-hmm. There's a very limited number of words in the English language That's and true. an even more limited <laughs> number of words that apply to your subject and an even more limited number that fit within the meter of a specific song that you've chosen and sound exactly like the original words so that you can sing them properly. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, this is why I wonder sometimes if I could replace myself with an AI, because sometimes I feel like the problem is so constrained that there really only is one solution, and Mm -hmm. I'm just like working my way through all of the possibilities until I find (laughs) that one thing. And I'm sure that's not true and a lot a lot i mean a lot of artists have that impression right that like they discovered their piece of art as opposed to creating it and i think it's probably not true it's just that after the fact you've put so much work into it that you can't imagine it being any other way because mm-hmm. to imagine that would be to put the same amount of work into it again to be another way but i don't know at the same time i don't know it's hmm. all i'm trying to say is it's a hard problem so Forgive me if sometimes I <laughs> err on the technical side or s- other times I err on like the dumbed down mm-hmm. side. Like do you I, get a
0: lot of feedback from that <laughs> saying that you're dumbing it down too much? It depends. Yeah,
1: I do. And I think it's because I have audience I have bits of my audience at all those levels. Mm-hmm. So the work from home video, I got some comments sure. saying like oh, this didn't really explain it. It uh, like the level that I would have liked it to. Um, right. And then on a lot of the other videos, the comments are this is amazing and i have no idea what you said so, yeah i'm still right. finding it
0: i see that that makes sense makes sense so do you do you consider yourself an artist
2: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: i i've
1: i'm trying to make this more of an art form as it goes on mm-hmm. like i think really what i've always wanted to do the the thing that drives me most is actually the music mm-hmm. <clears throat> science for me has always I know it's always been a little bit of a selfish exercise. Like, I I don't really I've never really studied science with the idea of like bringing it to the world or like helping humanity. It's always been that like need to answer questions that I have about how everything works. So,
0: and you think that's selfish?
1: I do. Yeah, I've, I've like it is in a way. I think it's it's selfish to just want like perfect knowledge for yourself <laughs> and not really care if it affects anybody else or if anybody gets it right like it's it fundamentally it's not going to help anybody but me to know the like the ultimate theory of the universe sure. probably it might and that's that's sort of That's the excuses that, like, especially theoretical physicists give Mm. for their work. It's like, who knows? You know, a hundred years ago, we didn't know quantum mechanics. Now you have computers. Let us do our work Mm because probably you'll get cool stuff out of it. Right. But that's not why you do it. That's Mm. that's the reason you. That's the way you sell it. You do it because you just you just want to know. Yeah. So, I I never really had a grand desire to, like, popularize science. Except kind of out of a sense of obligation of like now that I've gone into this wilderness yeah. and found all these insights, like I don't want to be selfish with it. I want to like, you know, show people what I know, because in a way, then maybe someone else will start going and maybe they'll discover something cool that I end up really liking. Mm-hmm. But the the big like the biggest part of the art for me is the music. Like that's the part that interests me. Um as as like an artistic project because that's the part that's like as i've allowed myself to be less constrained about it i can actually yeah i can actually be really free and expressive like the puzzle of putting the words together it's more like solving a puzzle but once i realized that i didn't have to arrange the song in any way like the original song Mm -hmm. which was a breakthrough moment because i was getting pretty sick of like what i was doing for a while um I suddenly realized. Wait a minute! What I've always been trying to do is do something with my life where I can be really creative and free with music. So let's be really conf- like creative and free when, with. When this music. When was that
0: moment? Like, what's the video where you officially decided that you could do that? The or first realize that you could do that.
1: The first one I really did that with was. Well, there was. The 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 original song was kind of a first foray into that, like the ner- yeah. the nerd rap but it was also very simple. But the first one where I realized I I could do that with a with a song that wasn't my own um I guess was defining gravity. I started mm-hmm. doing that a little bit. Um
0: that's pretty late into your process.
1: Yeah, well, it it's late into my process, although not extremely late in terms no, of yeah. my like videos. Like I think it's it's about midway through my videos just cuz I produced a lot of videos yeah. this year. But yeah, and then it really took off with the crisper i think which is only like two videos old mm-hmm. but that was the one where i was like all right full out let's do crazy stuff because right because it's just way more fun to do yeah. crazy stuff and not worry about it
0: and have, have you found that the feedback to it has been different or that the uh the response
1: um i don't know i not particularly but i hope that people appreciate it i think i think that yeah there was there was a marked like response to crisper that i think was probably based on based partly on the arrangement because, mm-hmm. like the, yeah, the response to that has been more, yeah, more fervent, I think, than a lot of others of of like where the text is of similar quality, right? But I, n- I never really know what it is that makes my videos stand out one yeah. to the other. It just happens, that makes and sense. I go, but yeah, I just try to make every project the best that I can mm-hmm. make it, and yeah. then put it out and be like, hey, this is as good as I could do. Come back next time where it will be. Yeah better in some way maybe yeah
0: that's fair i let's go back to the beginning a little bit well where where did the idea for uh acapella science come from ah um, i'm sure you've never been asked that question before
1: (laughs) boredom it came yeah (laughs) came from boredom came from boredom and from i mean well from from the other like youtube stuff that tom and i were doing okay because we were we were doing cabin nine which is our first youtube Mm -hmm. project like a year, for a year before I started doing acapella science, um, so that was like that was where I cut my teeth because I had the laptop with the editing program, mm-hmm. so and and I was the one who like had already knew how to mix music and stuff. So right, the way the cabin nine worked was that you know Tom would come over and lug all of his heavy instruments like <laughs> the ca- the cajon and the bass or whatever over to, yeah. well, to over to my place, and we'd do the recording and then. Tom would leave, and I would do all of, like, the producing, like, the mm-hmm. the, the sound editing and then all the video editing. Yeah. Which is kind of exhausting, especially when, like, when you have this feeling that you have to one-up yourself. So... Okay. F- at first, it was very simple, you know, just sit in a room and play a song, hit record, and then play a song, and then you're done. Yeah. But we started getting into, like, multi-tracking things, and I got into experimenting with how to, like, place multiple instruments on the screen and move mm-hmm. them around and do, f- mm-hmm. like fades and slides in and out and all that kind of stuff um which was good for me because then it, it gave me yeah it gave me that skill set so then acapella science was yeah it was a function of me not being able to work all the time that I was at school because after about four hours of like reading a really dense math paper you're just done <laughs> like you can't it it won't go in your head anymore and yeah. like. I think that's like a lot of people in grad school get this like imposter syndrome thing where where they think everybody else is better than them. And like they're the only mm-hmm. person who like doesn't get it and they're faking their way through. Yeah. And I think part of it is that like everybody's pretending to one of it is that like a lot of people are afraid to ask questions when they don't know something. Yeah. Um. And then the the impression of nobody asking questions is that everybody else gets it yeah but the the real fact is that nobody gets it and nobody's asking questions mm-hmm. um the other thing is that has that been
0: your experience that when you ask questions a lot of people say yeah I've wondered that too, and i don't know um
1: yes definitely well not so much but it came out like in our string theory seminar for example okay nobody would ask a question and then also nobody would be able to do the problem that was on the board okay <laughs> so it's like like, you think you're super far behind until someone has to get up and try to demonstrate how the problem works. Yeah. And, like, there's just silence. Like, nobody wants to be the one to do it. And you're like, because oh, nobody yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, just everybody's like this. Um, but the other thing is that everybody, like, tends to work fairly long days, but everybody's really unproductive for a lot right. of the day. Yeah. Like, you joke around, we joke around about, like, oh, yeah, did you get like two hours of work done today? Yeah, I think so. maybe maybe three. Um, but you'd be there for like eight hours. Cause you're yeah. like you're like soaking your brain in something, and then you have to take long breaks
0: to recuperate so, from. Yeah.
1: The- so I, I don't know. I had kind of like a, a guilty conscience about that, which led me to like staying really late hours into the night, even if it wasn't like useful or good for me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Is that where your
0: odd sleep cycle began?
1: Yeah, that's where it started. Was that I was living <coughs> my my office had no windows and my room oh, wow. my room in my apartment also had no windows and oh. i pretty much shuttled between those two and it's just like <laughs> there was no chance for my circadian rhythm at that yeah. point so that's it ever since then it's been like oh i can sleep whenever i want to it's hmm.
0: like sleep when you're tired and wake up when you wake up
1: yeah yeah and it seems that i'm sort of you know my natural clock is about 27 hours long now
0: that's um there's a prevailing theory that that's just how long the circadian rhythm is well that's that's a weird thing
1: to say because the day is not twenty seven hours long. No, that's true, but so huh. it's like yeah I've, i' i can I can talk more about that if you want, but maybe I'll finish my story, yeah, first.
0: yeah, let's do that we'll we'll <laughs> we'll table this and then come back to it.
1: yeah, so it, at like two in the morning sometimes, like I would go down and play the piano in this room that was downstairs that had a piano, or I would make little weird a cappella songs I on remember my laptop that
0: now. I totally remember that. Was that on Acapella Science where you like, like the power went off in your in your lab and you just decided to do this little like minute and a half song and you jammed to it? Yeah, yeah, I did that a few times. Yeah, I remember that. But I, did I share that with people? There, you. There was one time when you you either uploaded it on Facebook or like straight up on your YouTube channel. It may have been Cabin Nine. It might. It must
1: have been. I think it was Cabin Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, yes, I do remember that now. So that was like, I was playing around with acapella and I was thinking that I wanted to start an acapella channel of some kind. Yeah. I'd been doing, like I did acapella for a summer when I went out to BC yeah. to work at the particle accelerator and st- stay with my brother. <laughs> um, I didn't have any friend group, so I went on Craigslist and I said, oh, is there, are there any acapella groups? And there were, so I joined one. Nice. Um, But then I wanted to do something original and I knew about, do, do you remember the Maccabees? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're I they're, they're still around. They just did like a Hamilton parody, which was pretty good. Yeah, but they blew up with this uh, this Tayo Cruz parody. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I the, remember that about, about Hanukkah. Yeah, and that was the that was the moment I think. Like thinking about that, that was where everything came together because I was like, oh, they got me to care about a Jewish holiday. I, I don't <laughs> know, and and like I I know what Hanukkah's about now. I didn't know this before. Huh. Yeah. And it's because, you know, they made a silly song, a cappella song mm-hmm. like I flip my latkes in the air sometimes. Right? I remember that. Um and uh, yeah, something something connected in my brain between that and Bill Nye the science guy, who had always done like mm-hmm. science songs at the ends of his of his episodes. Um and I immediately started writing Bohemian Gravity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you wrote that one first. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first uh-huh. one I wrote.
1: And then I realized that I didn't want it I didn't want it to be the first one I made. Cause what? it was Yeah. Cause it's really, really complicated. It's really dense. Yeah. 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 And also opportunities struck when the Higgs boson was discovered. Yeah. Um, and so I was well, already thinking mm-hmm. about that and I was I had been up all night and I was watching the like the announcement that they discovered the particle at five o'clock in the morning in my lab. And while doing that, I was writing down lyrics for, for that rolling in the Higgs, which was the first one I actually did. What
0: made you choose um uh, Adele?
1: It was everywhere. That song was just, it, it was okay. That I, was the time when yeah. like you just heard that song all the time oh, and man, it was in man. everybody's head. So it was just like, yeah. I was just there.
0: I, I still think you, you missed an opportunity to, to cover a uh, hello. I don't like that song. I no. I don't. know. it's okay. not interesting to me. That's fair. But That's fair. That, honestly, yeah. Yeah. That's fair.
1: But I, yeah, I think something just went into my like. There's a collider. That was like. Yeah. Just that line. I was like, oh, I can do this.
0: Nice. <laughs> so you thought of you replaced one word in the song. That's often how it goes. <laughs> like
1: if you if you get a if you have a good enough single idea. Yeah. Often it's enough to be like, okay, this is gonna hook people in. I can yeah. I can work with this. And then you get other ideas later. You fill in mm-hmm. the details.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Huh. Nice. Indeed. And and uh I, I guess that, like your <clears throat> was your decision to continue in that direction just based off of how much you enjoyed it, or was it also based off of the reception that you got from it? Well, because that that first video was really, really popular. Yeah, it was. It was surprisingly
1: popular. I, I like. I had a sense that it might be. Yeah. Like, like I hoped that it would be because yeah. I, I knew that nobody had done this, and I I knew there was a good market for really bad science songs on YouTube. <laughs> right? Like people in labs would do these terrible songs, like these terrible song parodies, mm. where they couldn't sing and their music production was awful. And they'd still like all ev- all the scientists would share it everywhere because they were like, oh, yeah. this is so cool! Someone did a thing for us. Like, yeah, it felt like there was there was a real like hunger for that that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I thought I, I can do this better, right? <laughs> so, I don't know. I I think that I suspected I would get like a. I I would get like sort of some local sharing and, you know, maybe get like a few thousand people. I didn't expect that it would get like Mm 300,000 views, which is what it did. And that was just sort of luck, I think, because um, like this French press agency picked it Mm up like very soon after. And then all of a sudden it was in every like European website and media newspaper stuff. So, yeah, that kind of that kind of rode on the back of a a big science story that everybody was interested in. Yeah. Bohemian Gravity was just a phenomenon. Um, yeah. Like, I don't...
0: It well, is, is, it's also that, like, I, I got the impression that a lot of people were anticipating, uh, like, because that that one came out a whole year after.
1: Yeah. Well, I was... I mean, when I started the project, I was only halfway through my thesis. I hadn't even... Actually, when I, when I did the first song, I didn't even have a subject for my thesis. Wow. I'd done a whole year of my master's yeah. with, like, not much to show for it. Mm-hmm. So for the next year, I just had to hunker down and, like you know, figure out how to finish my degree.
0: (laughs) And then, and was, was Bohemian Gravity essentially your thesis? No, no, not particularly. Bohemian Gravity was
1: the first parts of my string theory class. Okay. That I, well, it was most of my string theory class. Just most of it is the first parts. And then the last like weird part where you, where everything's going at hyperspeed is all the rest of it. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Particularly yeah. Like that part where I was like Oh, I can't even remember then the how the song goes anymore. I forgot <laughs> my own lyrics. But there's that part where like there's all those descending scales, like doo 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 That was like me filling in the entire rest of the course. Cause I was like, I don't have any more time in this song. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. But then yeah, I I was I was hoping to take a year off mm-hmm. um after the after the master's and do music, like regular yeah. music, be a soulful, emotional, deeply connected, <laughs> you know, musician, singer, songwriter with my guitar. How'd I'll that play, work out? I'll play really open chords and I'll have everybody have a really musical experience. Um, I mean, I it didn't really, yeah. but I didn't really go for that. Okay. Because when I realized that I had this thing that yeah. like, you know, everybody, was engaged in and that felt more wholly me right mm. it felt like instead of forsaking my one passion to for my other passion i was like well you I, can I, do both yeah i can do both and people like that better like how many singer songwriters are there millions like and i don't have any like illusions about being the best one i'm you know i'm I'm pretty good at the guitar, and I'm, I've got an okay voice, and I'm all right at writing songs. But these different parts of me, I think, are the unique parts of myself. So I was like, well, I could spend one year trying to be a singer-songwriter, produce an album, be broke at the end of the year, and have to find a new a job of some kind. Or I can grab a hold of this weird thing that happens um, with acapella science and see where it goes. Yeah. Right? And that seems like the more interesting prospect. I can always write an album later.
0: Yeah. Are you considering that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'd like to get back into it, actually, because I think it's kind of taken like acapella science has kind of taken over my life. Yeah. And you do need a, m- a more creative outlet sometimes mm-hmm. as a musician. Like there's sometimes you want to actually like say things about yourself and your mm-hmm. life. So occasionally I'll write little things, but I don't really have time to produce mm-hmm. them. So it'll, yeah. it'll probably happen.
0: You, I remember you had that the, that one song. It was like Lake Lake Massawippi. Yeah. Lake Massa Whippy. That, like, my mom still sh- shows that to anybody she can.
1: That's a yeah. That's a. Good it's song. really really good. Cool. I
0: still really really like that.
1: And I had a few. I had a few of those songs. And the other thing that set me back was that through acapella science, I got the chance to actually go to this like instrument museum in Calgary mm-hmm. and record. The, a bunch of the album that i wanted to make oh really yeah which was oh, great. Wow. it was like it's called the national music center and mm-hmm. it was because I, I was going to perform at this like science festival called beakerhead and they also booked me for a few days in this beakerhead thing. is where you played with chris hadfield right no, no no that was a different thing but it i did play with a bunch of cool science <laughs> people nice. that was yeah that was where i introduced the like the get it, getting the crowd to sing a whole bunch of different parts Oh, cool! Which was a really—it's—it's it's a fun thing that I also like to do with my own music nice. as well. But so I, I recorded all these cool instruments in the National Music Center, like there was this Hammond organ, mm-hmm. like the nice old Wurlitzer piano, and like dulcimers and weird instruments and stuff. Cool. And then I came back with it all on my laptop. Guess what <laughs> happened to the laptop? I got stolen. <clears throat> it did get stolen. No. Uh, yep. So. You lost everything. So I lost all that. And then I was like, well, would I'd you better. Be,
0: would you be able to like rebuild some of it?
1: Yeah. No, it's all still in my head. Okay, cool. It's like I, it, it'll, if I care enough someday, it'll be a thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or if you, you know, you've got enough time and like if, if at some point you figure out how to streamline the process of making videos. Yeah. Or whatever,
1: so if, at, if at some point I figure out how to outsource pieces of it. Yeah. If anybody's listening right now who's really good at doing like multi-part a cappella YouTube videos, I want a video
0: editor hit me up. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, we've got we've got about 10ish minutes left. All right. What and do you want to know about me, Simon? So,
1: forget all the forget the the rule books, forget anything you think you
0: should ask me. What do you really want to know? I want to know what's the thing you are the most proud of of yourself oh goodness whether it be an accomplishment or just a a trait um yeah or something you figured out about yourself just like what what or one of each you know but I, i i'm interested in what it is that you're the proudest of that's a
1: a good question and one that i'm not sure i've thought of
0: sure well let's uh let's answer off the top of your head Take a take a 10 seconds to think about it. Go. Huh.
1: Um well, I'm I'm very proud of this project. Like I'm yeah. I'm not going to like I feel like this is the only thing that I really the, this and my master's thesis are kind of the, the two things that I've really put everything I know how to do into them. Mm-hmm. Right? Like a few, a few couple years ago, I would have said I, I would have said my my like master's thesis. I think because that was a real sort of triumph for me mm-hmm. to be able to discover something for myself and then actually like get all the pieces in place of this you know huge strange theory, like to fit them all into my head so they made sense and put them down on a piece of paper like i wrote that thesis almost for myself like i don't know if anyone else can understand it but when i go back and read it i i can follow the logic like pretty Mm -hmm. exactly yeah um so it's like it's like a record of knowledge that's almost tailored to my brain which is i don't know it's fun it's
0: like do you have a copy of it with you
1: um with right now like well I like like you. do you have a copy of it you can you can see it it's a there's a google doc linked on bohemian gravity the, in the video description if if anyone wants to see it
0: yeah but i'm wondering if you have like a very nice bound version no of i it. never printed it out no
1: I, I have it on my phone though sometimes i go and scroll through it <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the 21st century what's it about it's about uh quantum gravity in two plus one dimensions involving universes that are wrapped up like hollow pretzels um it yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff involved in it so I would have said that i'm pr- i was proud of most proud of that at the time but as this work has grown like this acapella science thing has grown um I think this is this, it's hard to be proud of something that's ongoing i think because whenever i with, with acapella science most of the time when I do it I'm just trying to do do it better next time. Right. So it's, it's not like it's ever finished. It, it feels like a work in progress where each one of these things, like they are works in their own right and they're going to stay there. But I'm not, the project itself isn't finished. Like I'm mm-hmm. still almost trying to figure out what it is mm-hmm. still. And maybe, maybe it'll settle down into something stable eventually. But I'm very self-critical as when I feel like there's still a possibility of improvement. That's
0: very unique of artists. You are you are definitely the only artist who is like that. Well, yeah, <laughs> but
1: it's just because something's cliche doesn't mean it's wrong.
0: No, I didn't say it was wrong. <laughs> I was I was making a, l- a little joke, saying yeah. that a lot of artists are self-critical as well.
1: That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I honestly, accomplishments. I, yeah, yeah,
0: those are really good things to be proud of. I think, I mean, fit, like a master's thesis at all. I think is really really though I've mm-hmm. never done one and looking at where my life is going right now probably won't. Mm. Um well,
1: you know, you never know. Maybe you'll get really into like theory of theater. That's then,
0: that's possible. That's possible.
1: But yeah, but the other thing is that I don't know if I think I don't know if I think of the world in terms of accomplishments most of the time. Yeah. Like I tend to think of all my accomplish accomplishments more as Um, like opportunity builders like my master's thesis is a cool thing but more than it being a thing it's what it does and what it does is enable me to like keep that knowledge for myself explain it to people down the line if anyone's actually interested in the technical details and also it opens up a huge variety of doors right To, to have a master's in theoretical physics is like you know, your life could go in a lot of different directions that maybe it couldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Acapella science is sort of similar, that I think it's it's opened up a lot of opportunities for me personally. And I'm, yeah, I'm proud of what it does in terms of, like, you know, I get messages from parents of kids who are like, they're like, You're, my kid, like, loves you, and here's their theory about gravity. <laughs> what do you think, right? Um,
0: and you tell them that obviously they're wrong.
1: No, this, this <laughs> actually, if you... Uh, you see my Q&A video that we did there was Mm -hmm. this one like genius 11 year old that sent me a question and he was like kind of right like or at least he he had a theory that was surprisingly similar to like an actual theory that people actually consider I was like whoa Hmm. this this 11 year old is like it's gonna be the new generation like that's great that's really cool so yeah to get those you know to get those kind of responses is cool because it means that what I'm trying to do at some level at least is working right mm-hmm. i'm not just shouting into the void and people not everybody is just coming to it for like you know a, a giggle and then leaving like there's some people that are actually engaging with the content and it's like inspiring them and i've mm-hmm. had a few people as well e- like older people email me and say like you're the reason that i decided i was going to like do a physics degree so wow. yeah in a way that's so cool. I'm I'm actually making a difference. Now whether they'll regret it horribly and like hate <laughs> me later, that I don't know, but
0: <laughs> do a lot of people regret doing making doing a masters in physics?
1: I hope not. I think most people don't make a career in it, but I I don't know. I have always lived with the philosophy passed down from my parents that no education is wasted. So I hope that's true.
0: That statement works on two levels
1: because you all can't, education you can't get pro- drunk while you're <laughs> doing a master's no
0: thesis. no I, w- I was gonna say that it's all education is productive and having no education is a waste of your time and a mm. waste of your potential see i don't so, know if i agree with the second one i think no you can do, education like not having education it can be wasted i think there's right? many
1: things you can do without education and i think The things that you can that you can do without education are expanding as self education on the internet gets easier and easier. I
0: would call that I would still call that education. It's true. I would like like I don't consider education to be school. I consider education to be learning. Like there are some people who will um, go to high school, maybe not finish, and then Mm. never really bother learning anything after that. Just kind of do. Yeah.
1: But then there are people like my my grandfather who never went past grade seven. Um, And lived in the same little farm town his whole life, um, but was like really knowledgeable in like world politics and like economics and just like he he just always read and learned and like was interested. That's awesome. So you could talk to him about literally anything. And he probably know a good. And he could talk to like, you know, people who were highly educated in anything, even though he was like this, you know, high school dropout from a town of 300. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Well, thanks, dude. Well, yeah. I mean, thanks for uh, interviewing me. I hope these patrons enjoyed it. I'm sure if, they do. If you'd like to sponsor us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash up for discussion. Give us money. If you're mm-hmm. listening to this two weeks before everybody else, you already did that. Maybe consider giving us more money.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we'll give you uh, two pats on the back. Mm-hmm. Two big old pats.
1: Mm. just like that
0: just like that
1: you will groan uh, with anticipation
0: this is an odd way to end the podcast hey you're the the interviewer don't blame me well thank you Tim for joining me today for this uh, in-depth interview Mm. I hope it was worth their time I'm sure it was, it was worth mine at least I learned a thing or two about you did you?
1: yeah now we can continue on our merry way As better friends.
0: Better friends.
1: Next time, I will be interviewing Tom Zalatnai. Yeah. That'll be fun.
0: Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on a regular episode. Yep. Later. Bye. Bye.